The Dark Knight Trilogy gets a re-release in theaters. Aquaman 2 gets its first trailer dropped. And Jigsaw spoofs Nicole Kidman's AMC ad for Lionsgate. Let's get into this week's movie news. Hello, movie friends. Welcome back to Raiders of the Lost Podcast, the ultimate film and TV podcast. And today we have another episode of Movie News where we go through all of the industry news so you don't have to. We have a ton of new trailer releases as well as some news about some new series and movies coming out. But first of all, this weekend you can see the Dark Knight trilogy in theaters. I want to see Batman Begins. What about you? I mean, I love them all so, so much, but you all know Batman Begins is special to me. I would just love to see... It's been so long since I've seen that one in theaters. Yeah, I mean, because I've seen The Dark Knight more recently in theaters yeah. than Batman... I haven't seen Batman Begins since 2005 in theaters. We saw it on the... Re- on the When Dark Knight Rises okay, yeah. came out, we saw the yeah. trilogy. But, so I mean, that, that I know a few people that are doing the trilogy marathon, and that's it's going to be an epic night for y'all. You better, like, get some deodorants, get some... It's going <laughs> to stink up in that theater, I'm telling you, man. From past experience, when I saw all three in a row, whew, it was a locker room after. It was worth it, though. It was worth it. And we also, uh, we have an awesome Dark Knight trilogy episode. If you haven't already listened to it, go ahead and check that out. We bumped it up the, the feed a little bit, so to it's catch easy on. to find, yeah. so check it out. It's from 2021, I think. It's maybe, an oldie. Maybe an earlier. It's an oldie. We got to revisit them. We got to do them solo, I think. Solo. Solo, for sure. Solo, Batman Begins, Batman The Dark Week. Knight, then The Dark Knight Rises. That would be so much fun. Fuck yeah. Good. Now, yeah. I'm going to see that, but the box office this weekend was pretty good. A Haunting in Venice, Kenneth Branagh's third adaptation of Hercule Poirot, the Agatha Christie novels, came in first place with a $14 million opening weekend. Pretty strong debut. It's a PG-13 horror film. I actually really enjoyed it. We're doing a Patreon episode on it. it came out yesterday so if you want to check out our reaction to it spoiler free listen to our patreon episode. what was the budget on that movie there was a 60 million dollar budget so they generally so it's 14 million domestic domestic yes all right so i think it should be prof- profitable then it will make 100 yeah. million with that globally because death on the nile ended up becoming profitable the first film made 350 million that's insane yeah murder on the orient express these are all adaptations of Agatha Christie's books. So that, that first one also had Johnny Depp in it too. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> people like him. And but no, I enjoyed *A Hunting in Venice*. It was a lot of fun, and it's spooky. It's funny. It's really well acted. It, the cinematography is beautiful. It takes place in Venice. Yeah, and so. It was just so incredible to see that entire city just shot for an entire movie. Yeah. So we check out our Patreon review. It's a really good one. Second place, we have The Nun 2. Say your Is prayers. That your nun? The, say your <laughs> <No>. prayers. <laughs> say your body prayers. Of, body of Christ. Is that their tagline? Say your prayers? No, I just made it, it up. Sounds like it. <laughs> say your prayers. <laughs> 13.5 million just behind A Haunting in Venice. We have two spooky movies in first and second place. Love it because we're heading into spooky season. It's funny. Uh, we were used to uh, spooky movies being released in the spring with Universal. But I know, this year. <laughs> maybe two Dracula movies came out before summer. <laughs> Disney and Warner Brothers were like, let's do it with fall. Yeah, yeah. We should, yeah, because uh, Hunting in Venice is 20th Century Studios, which is Disney. Yeah. And then The Nun 2 is Blumhouse? Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers, never mind. Uh, then we have Equalizer 3 in third place, up to $7.5 million for this weekend. It's hit $73 million domestic. Big hit. Big yeah, hit. It's a big hit for an action movie. Uh, Denzel's the man. It's a cool movie. Next, we have My Big Fat Greek Wedding pulled in $6 million this weekend. It's probably you know going to keep getting chugging along and get that Windex money. It is being released in IMAX 
Next week. My big fat Greek wedding? No, I'm sorry. <laughs> Barbie. Well, I was going to say, why? <laughs> why? Yeah, I mean, why I not? Be like, just, why not? Why would I have at release my big fat Greek wedding, Anthony? Because <laughs> it's a classic? <laughs> Is it? Sorry. I mean, the original, sure. Yeah, I read ahead. Barbie, it's getting released in IMAX next week. Barbie came in fifth place. <laughs> still pulling money. $3 million. And yeah, <laughs> re-release in IMAX. Or a new release in IMAX. Barbie really is the top gun of this year. It just it just stays in the top five. It's wild. It man. Doesn't leave. It's wild. And also Oppenheimer just became the highest grossing biopic of all time. It surpassed Bohemian Rhapsody. It's now hit nine hundred thirteen million dollars globally, and it, in the last two weeks, it's made fifty million fifty million just in China. So wow. the Chinese market ate it up. No 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 no. So it looks like Oppenheimer could. Hit a billion. It's got. It's still got legs. It's not making money in America anymore, but internationally, it's still doing pretty well. It could hit a bill. It could hit a bill. Whereas Barbie is kind of slowed down everywhere. Although I think the IMAX re-release is going to rejuvenate it. I think so too. You might get your 1.5 billion. I'm waiting for that 1.5. It's at. It's at 1.41 right now. Oh, it's not making it. No, yeah, it's, it's not, not making it. Sorry, <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> All right, we finally got a trailer for Aquaman 2: The Lost Kingdom, and. It's it looks pretty good. I think it looks fun. Yeah, it looks, it looks like fun. a blast. You know, he's he's a father now, which is really interesting. I mean, we don't really get that with superhero movies lately, like being a dad. I think that's one of the great components I've seen in the trailer so far. It's a lot of fun. You're right. There are no like except for Hawkeye. And Stark Tony is at the end of Avengers. But I'm talking about like a superhero. And then Ant Man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but no, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. Yeah. No, Hawkeye and Ant Man—they were humans. And ha- I'm talking like, like no superheroes who have kids. I'm talking like <laughs> superpowered beings, like inhuman uh-huh. beings. <laughs> like Vision doesn't have a baby. He could. They have. They, hey, Wanda and Vision have kids. I just think it's a and nice WandaVision. component to the trailer, into the character Anthony, <laughs> and he's going to war again with Mantis. I mean Manta. Red the the manta. The, I don't know much about the lore. I'm doing my best. <laughs> it's one of those. It's, it's mantis. Man, no, it's manta. Manta. Mantis is guardians. Yeah, manta. People are shaking their heads right now. <laughs> these fucking twins. That's it's good. We got Alexander Skarsgård's coming in as a big role as well. And yeah, it looks like fun. Also, Patrick Wilson got beefed up. Did he? He's yeah. huge. And he's going to be pairing up with his brother as uh, uh, an alliance this time. So. He's been trapped, he's been locked up, and then Aquaman's freeing him for help. To help him fight Mantis. Or Manta. Wait, that was... The shirtless guy was Patrick Wilson. I thought that was Alexander Skarsgård. That was Patrick Wilson, bro. Are you serious? Wait, did you think that Patrick Wilson was Skarsgård? Yeah, dude, he's huge. (laughs) No, it's Wilson. Holy crap. Well, he's got the beard and, like, the hair. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. I thought that was... That was... Yeah, that was Wilson. I should have probably... It's the blonde hair, but also you're I also bozo. watched it on my phone without my glasses. You are bozo. You're fired. Bro, it was the morning. <laughs> Anyone want James's job? It was the morning. <laughs> he thought Patrick Wilson was Alexander Skarsgård. I was like half paying attention, man. <laughs> Damn, dude. The guy put we had a, work. We partied last night, so it was uh, a rough morning. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> but yeah, it looks fun. It, it looks like a lot of fun, honestly. And Patrick Wilson and uh, Momo look like a really great pairing. Also, uh, what's her name? Is in it. Nicole Kidd. Oh, um, Amber Heard is in it. Heard, they yeah. showed one shot of her yeah. for like a, a fraction of a second, a shot of her. A lot of Nicole Kidman in it. So they showed him with his family, but they didn't show his wife. <laughs> <laughs> he says, I'm married. I got a kid, but they didn't show his wife. So it's, they're just not showing her in the marketing. He looks like a single dad. Yeah. <laughs> also, we got a new Killers of the Flower Moon trailer. This is the final trailer for the film. 
until its release. And my god, this one really fucking slaps even harder than the first one. We get a lot more story, a lot more character, and way more dialogue than the previous film. And it gives people who aren't familiar with the story a better sense for what's going to happen in this film. Also, without spoiling anything whatsoever, it looks absolutely phenomenal. We got a trailer for Wes Anderson's The Wonderful Story of Henry Sugar. Now, he's got a couple short films coming out this year, which is crazy because yeah. he already released a movie. This one's going to star Benedict Cumberbatch. We have one starring Ben Kingsley. So this is going to be a blast. It looks terrific, and we all love Wes Anderson. Yeah, man. it looks wonderful. They previously just re released like a three-second little teaser last week, but this is a full trailer. And a three-second teaser? It was like a, yeah, like a teaser. Wow, that's the... It's quite the tease. That's yeah. like a tease of a tease. Yeah, it's a little appetizer, sampler. <laughs> but then we get we get to see the idea of the film, and then there's actually a lot of Ray Fiennes in it as well. So I, I love seeing Ray Fiennes in the Wes Anderson world. But Benedict looks fantastic, as well as the rest of the cast. Uh, Dev Patel is another lead in the film. Next up, I don't know if you all saw this, but Lionsgate had the genius idea of spoofing the Nicole Kidman ad with Jigsaw for promoting their film Saw X. They must have watched our live show when we spoofed it. <laughs> Holy shit. It was it's it's perfect. It's shot for shot. Jigsaw is basically playing the role of Nicole Kibben walking up to the theater, but it says No, he's Lions riding his tricycle. Yeah, riding up the and then uh it says Lionsgate instead of AFC. But the dialogue is so funny. He says like self amputation seems good in a place like this. <laughs> it's so fucking funny. And it works. It's really good. It's it's I it, I want to see the movie now. Man, like, I love when studios don't take themselves so seriously. Some of them just like they won't do fun stuff like this, but this is great marketing. It's free marketing basically that can go viral and I think it's getting people excited for Saw 10. Because of this I'm like, "Oh, I'm ready for Saw 10. Let's go." Yeah, I thought it was really funny, really clever, and they the execution of it is fantastic. It looks like almost exactly shot for shot lighting production the set it's, it would have been funny if they great. had jigsaw wearing like that silver the outfit suit. <laughs> <laughs> but also what's funny is like the final shot of nicole kim and she's like looking up smiling at the screen they had jigsaw and they painted a smile on his face yeah <laughs> so he's smiling with, with the beam of light yeah. from over her head it's, it's amazing it's a great shot but then jigsaw is like that too <laughs> it's so funny check it out online it's so so funny we got a, some cool information. We got some images in a trailer for this movie called Boy Kills World. It stars Bill Skarsgård. It's a, set in a dystopian fever dream action thriller where it follows a boy who's deaf, mute, but has a vibrant imagination. His family's murdered. He is trained by a mysterious shaman to repress his childish imagination and become an instrument of death. And it's a, it's a revenge movie, but it's highly stylized. It looks really funny. And I really love the aesthetic, and it looks like a blast. It's like Kill Bill meets Dread meets, like, some crazy comic book graphic novel movie. Yeah, it's getting great re re reactions from the festival it premiered at. And the whole premise is Skarsgård plays the character, and he's deaf and mute, but we hear his inner monologue the entire time. Yeah. He's constantly narrating, but the funny thing is... The voice that he uses is is uh, he copies the voice of like some old character of a TV show he watched when he was a kid before he lost his um, sense of sound in, in speaking. And so he imitates the voice of like some old grizzled character from the TV show. And so Skarsgård's doing that imitation for all of the narration. It looks cool. It sounds fun. They're, they haven't released a trailer yeah, yet. They oh, they released a trailer? Yeah. Oh, shit. I got to watch Check this. Check it out. It looks brutal and fun. I thought it was just images. Yeah. It because I saw, I saw the short film it was based on, and it was very funny. I think the trailer that I watched wasn't an official release, uh -huh. but I found, like I think, like uh, a bootleg version of it. 
A bootleg version? It wasn't like an official like oh, channel or anything. Oh, whoa. That's why I couldn't find but it, was, it. It was high quality. James has the connections, everyone. Yeah, so what I, so I got this connect. It's called Google. Shut <laughs> up. And so I Googled. Um, so what you do Anyways. Google is you search things. So I searched. Remember like Ask Jeeves? Oh, yeah. It's like that. So I searched Boy Kills World trailer, and I got some videos. It was mm-hmm. pretty, pretty difficult. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next up, we got. I feel like you might have. Was it Skarsgård in it? Bill Skarsgård. He was in it. He's the lead in the trailer. I'm saying, yeah, he's in. I'm just checking to see if you saw the real trailer. Yeah, I saw the real trailer, Anthony. It wasn't some like 12 year old. <laughs> no, it was a <laughs> short film from Boyola University. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I believe you. I believe no, you. No, it was a trailer for Boy Meets World. I just couldn't tell the difference. <laughs> <laughs> wow, this movie, this movie looks fun. <laughs> All right, next up we have Lessons in Chemistry. The new trailer for Brie Larson's upcoming series was released. She stars as a scientist turned cooking show host using her platform to teach science and fight against misogyny. The show follows Elizabeth's journey from being fired as a researcher to excelling as a cooking show host while still challenging patriarchal views. This is based on a true story. It will be coming out on Hulu. I was going to say, is it based on a true story? Yes, indeed. And the um, Bob from Top Gun Maverick is the plays her husband. Oh, cool. Yeah, I can't remember that He's killing it because he's also going to be in the new Salem's Lot movie. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, he's doing a great job. I think he's awesome. Next up, we have some news about Donald Glover's Lando TV series that was in order for Apple TV. I mean, Disney Plus <laughs> is now going to be a movie, which I think is a great idea because I think Disney realized too many TV shows, oversaturation with content. Let's get some money at the box office yeah. versus relying on subscriptions that aren't really paying the bills anymore. They could have a huge success with a good Lando movie, a I franchise. Think. Yeah. They could franchise the hell out of it. So I think that it's got so much potential. Everyone loved Lando. Don Glover is Lando in the solo a Star Wars movie. Uh-huh. Is one of the, he's one of the best parts about it. So I'm really excited to see what they come up with. I mean, he's writing the movie with his brother. So it's something he's clearly passionate about, and I'm glad. I bet you he helped convince them to be a movie yeah, he, I mean, he's a great producer, so that sounds like something he was angling from them. Yeah. It's just, it makes sense, because if they did a Lando TV series, it wouldn't have that much impact, just like all of their other TV series. Not a lot like, of people would watch it. Yeah, so not many people would watch it. wouldn't have that culture zeitgeist thing that they want with these projects, where if it's Lando comes out as a film and it's really good, everybody goes and see it, sees it, That that's it makes a big impact on pop culture. For sure. Outside of just like TikTok and stuff. And so they actually make money off of it. I think it's a smart move. <laughs> I think that Don Glover leading a Lando movie could be a lot of fun. Obviously, they probably have learned from the mistakes of Solo, a Star Wars movie. And they're probably going to do something. I would I would hope they would keep it modestly budgeted. Don't make it too big. Start kind of small in scope and get a sense for the character. And then we can go bigger for the later films. But I think Star Wars Solo story went too big and a little too much. And that was a weakness yeah. for the I film. I mean, Han Solo being part of the origination of the Resistance was like, come on. <laughs> really? <laughs> and then the thing with the Solo movie that I, I liked it, but it could have been a lot better. Yeah. And it was not a profitable film for Disney Lucasfilm. Where it's the, only, it's the only Star Wars film that has lost money. You know, they revealed the, the secrets of Han Solo's past, like the Kessel Run, finding the truth about the Kessel Run. It was always better if that was just a mystery, how he did the Kessel Run in 12 parsecs, versus then we see how it's done, and we're like, oh, it kind of takes away the juice from the character a little bit, if that makes sense. They squeezed all the juice out. It was kind of like, oh, he didn't really do it. It's, it was just like he kind of cheated. He was dry. Yeah. <laughs> it was a dry lemon. But I mean, if it's the character, but at the same time, I think Solo could have been a great movie. Yeah, it was almost there, but I think they have a great opportunity with Lando. But also, I will say, I think the TV series, because TV shoots so fast, 
it prevents them from really making super dynamic um, content for the most part. There's still, I mean, Mando has, I think, some great stuff in it. But I saw some of the most recent, like, um, combat sequences from the Ahsoka show. And I'm saying, I gotta tell you, the, the lightsaber fights, I know everybody's freaking out about them, but they were slow. And they were clearly choreographed because TV shoots fast. They don't have time to prep. And they can't spend too long on scenes. And so I think it kind of pulls away from making it as good as you possibly can. Because I, I watched a couple of the fights and I was like, that's pretty slow lightsaber work. Yeah, compared to what we're used to with the movies. Because the movies, the lightsaber fights are always great. They train for months and they shoot like two weeks on one sequence. The prequel series, they have the time lightsaber to do fights were incredible. They were great in the sequel trilogy as well. Also, I mean, the recency bias is out of control. I don't know if you've seen online, but people are saying there's a shot in the Soka where she looks at Anakin and he just like flashes as Darth Vader twice. People are saying it's the greatest shot in the history of Star Wars. And I'm like, what are you guys talking about? <laughs> Have you not seen a Star Wars movie? Empire Strikes Back. Let's, Strikes back. let's take it down a notch with this <laughs> recency. Everything needs to be the greatest thing ever on impact. Like, Holy fuck, have you seen other Star Wars movies? I guess not. My God. I'm excited. I know, but still, it's like, we can't be calling things the greatest thing ever just because it exists. You know what I mean? We all know, man. It's we getting a little ridiculous. Like, it's co- it was a cool shot, but I, it's not even, like, top 100, honestly. <laughs> For real. Well, let's stay on Disney+. Plus, and now, I didn't know that Disney owned Goosebumps. They own it now. They own it now. So... There's a new Goosebumps TV series coming out. Yeah. We had one when we were kids. It was awesome. It was like Goosebumps and Are You Afraid of the Dark was like the spooky Friday night on TV oh, or yeah. like Thursday nights. Or it was Sunday, something like that. But uh, Justin Long is going to be the lead of the series, I believe. One of the leads. So it, it's actually – I was surprised how old the cast is. I thought it was going to be kids. But so he's the oldest uh, actor in the in the series – and then the rest of the cast are like people like in their twenties. They have one of the guys from the Scream franchise, the new one of the new characters. I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it looks pretty good. It looks like I think it's a smart decision to make a Goosebumps show and to get properties like this on the Disney Plus platform to make it a little less kid friendly and get a little bit like PG thirteen stuff in there. Yeah, especially in the horror genre that I think that Disney Plus has severely been missing. So I think that something like Goosebumps... It could be like a Stranger Things for them. Exactly. It could be pretty good. It doesn't have... I mean, it looks all right. It doesn't have the Stranger... It doesn't look like Stranger Things. Yeah, I'm not saying it's going to be. There's no fucking way. But it looks like a pretty good change of pace for what they usually put out for a TV series. I think it's a smart decision for Goosebumps to be a property they invest in. Yeah, because I feel like they've been so afraid to make kids a little scared with their contents and then they dump that stuff on Hulu that's like a little more mature. It's like, yeah. we grew up with that stuff. We love it. Also, kids like, yeah. it's good to be afraid of like movies and TV shows. I mean, it shows you that life's not so scary. It does seem like it's a show made for <clears throat> maybe people in their 20s though, who grew up with Goosebumps because there's no kids in the show. It's not like a kids group. Watched plenty of sh- I watched so, plenty yeah. of shows when I was a kid that had adults. Yeah, so I think um, it might be smart to have the older cast, ultimately. I think it might it be a good increases decision. your reach. Yeah. But I hope it's... I, I'm curious. I'll watch the trailer and see what I think, though. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen the trailer yet. We got some Dune news about the visual effects company that's working on it. So DNEG, the visual effects company behind Dune 2 and Oppenheimer as well, is reportedly giving its workers an ultimatum. This is all related to the strikes. Deadline reported that the company is asking its staff to either take as much as 25% pay cuts or join a loan scheme to lower costs as the dual WGA and SAG after strikes continue. Employees have been given 11 days to pick one option, but for those that choose neither, insiders say their contract will be terminated. 
This will immediately affect over 10,000 employees worldwide working under DNEG, the visual effects company. So the company, because of the strikes, they have no cash flow coming in, so they can't pay their employees. Basically, is what's going on. Because there's I, a lot of projects yeah. that are just halted, so, so they can't not, work. Yeah. So they're yeah. So I believe they're there's working no on, income to pay their employees. Yeah, yeah, true. But also, I mean, these companies are very profitable. So well, visual effects companies they do get the the brunt end of the sword when it comes to movie contracts. They do have get capped out and they do get fucked over by studios. Well, DNEG is a very pr successful one. Okay, though. so yeah, they seem like the top dog with ten thousand employees. I mean, it's these just, strikes, it's, man. It's yeah. it, it, this, we were talking about this the other day with a friend of ours, and I've actually had this conversation like three times last week of like, when are the strikes going to end? Because people always ask us like, hey, so like, what's going on with the strikes? You guys got the entire scoop. I'm like, no, we don't. <laughs> like, we used Very to. Very few but, people do. Like, no yeah. one really knows. Even the people at, in the picket lines, they don't really know what's going on. And all we know is that the, the deals aren't going through, and there's really been no back and forth the last month. So I don't know when it's going to end. And is it going to end this year? Who the hell knows, dude? I feel I feel like SAG will end first and then maybe WGA. Yeah. But I still don't see it ending this year for either of them and maybe even like I think this could go into the summer of 2024. I don't know about summer, but I think it could could last to the new year. But it's affecting so much of the industry. It's affecting us too. Yeah. You know, we, we we don't get any we don't get that good studio work we used to get and we can't accept that stuff. We've 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 turned down a lot of paid stuff that is like help pay the rent. Yeah, it's usually something that helps us stay over the edge uh, into into profits. Anthony's gonna get his Trader Joe's, you know, and gonna pay for Trader Joe's yeah, somehow. I mean, he can't get that orange chicken without know, the studio gigs. I don't eat orange chicken. <laughs> well, I, I like it, but Kung Pao, Kung Pao, yeah, Kung Pao. <laughs> I just stay away from fried foods for the most part nowadays. <laughs> Less fried foods. There's a, there's a lot of batter in the in the Trader Joe's orange chicken is great, but it's mostly batter. That's it's the problem. It's delicious though, it is fantastic. It's good batter. It's great batter, but I always have like a tummy ache after eating it. <laughs> a tummy ache, <laughs> but but we hope the strikes end soon. But yeah. man, dude, it sucks, man, because it's it's just it's bleeding into the every parts of the industry. But so in a part of the industry that nobody talks about, that's probably being affected worse than anybody else's is crew. So PAs, set crews, like uh, assistants, everyone who works in a crew, most of them aren't on aren't in unions. They aren't represented by guilds. These are people who like. Are way below the line credits, and they they survived on they survive on gig work, just gig to gig to gig, job to job to job, and most of them get paid honestly just either daily or weekly salaries. They they don't get paid like huge salaries, and sometimes, oftentimes, they don't even know if they're gonna work uh, every day of a production, you know. And I'm I'm worried about like what are those people doing for money? Because they, they probably had to co completely find other jobs. They don't even have any a union or guild to protect them in any way whatsoever. So, unfortunately, um, the crew, pe crew people are just getting probably slaughtered right now when it comes to economically. And I just feel so bad for them. There's a lot of people on movie sets that have no representation. And, you know, they're just trying to get by day by day. And they probably have nothing right now. Absolutely nothing. It's tough out there. It's, it's, it's really tragic. Well, let's move on to some more news. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, this is a downer. That All right, let's. let's that, um, yeah, Anthony, you really made us. You really, <laughs> you really bummed us out, Anthony. All right. <laughs> what a Debbie Downer. <laughs> All right, next up, Tim Burton news. They almost actually wrapped production on Beetlejuice two. So Beetlejuice two had only a day and a half left of shooting when the strikes happened. Oh my god! And really? So they had to shut down production. And Tim Burton recently said that they had they are it's ninety eight or ninety nine percent done in terms of shooting. 
But he did say it was a great experience, and, and this is actually pretty, pretty interesting. He said that making Beetlejuice 2 made him fall in love with making movies again. He said that he was in like a downward slope um, artistically and mentally in his career, and he said, working with these people again and seeing all of them was very emotional for me. And again, just going back to the old same puppets and techniques, it goes back to the good old days. I felt like I was sinking into my own grave there for a second, but honestly, it depends. You get energized making things, whatever it is, it's a drawing or it's a film. I think especially with this last one, where you get your energies is the back and forth with working with these artists. So I think that he's implying that I think him leading into CGI and animation too much maybe took away what made him fall in love with filmmaking. And then going back to the roots of one of his biggest yeah. movies of all time with the, the cast that he worked with on it. And, mm -hmm. I mean, I'm sure that gave him just that extra juice doing Beetlejuice 2. You loving the juice today. Beetlejuice <laughs> juice, baby. <laughs> we got another re-release coming in September. And right now. It's out now. Coco. Yeah. Pixar's Coco is getting a re-release, which is awesome. It's one of our favorite Pixar movies. We did an episode on it like I love Coco, six yeah. months ago. It's it's terrific. Yeah, Disney's doing a bunch of re-releases because this is their 100th year anniversary. I mean, I feel like studios should be doing this all the time. I know. I mean, we saw Old Boy. I, w I might see Coco. And if there were more movies coming out, I'd see them for sure. We should go see Batman Begins tonight, man. Fuck yeah, let's do it, man. <laughs> let's fucking go. So actually, I mean, ironically... It seems like there's a theater in California and L.A. that might be playing, because it's supposed to be only this weekend for Batman Trilogy, but some theaters might be playing them throughout the week. I mean, why so, not? So keep an eye on your AMC app or wherever Fathom Events is doing the other screenings and just see if, like, one of the three films, it's not going to be the Trilogy Marathon, like, this weekend, but you can you might be able to see, like, just Dark, The Dark Knight yeah, there's, sometime there's, this week. There's, most of the screenings are just for one of, one of yeah. them. So you can select Dark Knight, Batman yeah. Begins, or Rises. So they're, they might be updating it day to day. They weren't originally planning through, throughout the week just this weekend, but they might, if it does well, just throw up, like, Batman Begins on a Tuesday night. So keep an eye out for that. I'm going to be keep, I'm gonna be looking at it every day like it's my fantasy team. <laughs> 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 All right, final bit of news. Martin Scorsese news part two. So Martin Scorsese, we all know, we talked about this like two months ago. The Pope asked him to make a film about Jesus. He's like, we need some more butts and seeds, guy. <laughs> we need your help. And so Martin Scorsese has said that he's going to be making a film about Jesus, which will be his, I think, his next film before he makes the his next film with Leonardo DiCaprio. So he said, I, have, I quote, I have responded to the Pope's appeal to artists in the way, only way I know how by imagining and writing a screenplay for a film about Jesus, and I'm about to start making it. I don't know what it's going to be exactly. I don't know what you'd call it. It wouldn't be a straight narrative, but there would be staged scenes, and I would be in it. So it sounds like a blend between kind of documentary versus in, fic in fiction. I mean, surrealism. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, whatever he wants to do, I'll fucking watch it, so yeah. So it doesn't seem like a, a full, like, theatrical fictional film. He Because he already did that with yeah. Last Temptation. Yeah. So I'm sure he just is like trying to think more about themes and ideas and what relates to him. And what seems more about just exploring faith and putting himself in and how, yeah. how he explores his faith in his films. Dude, whatever he wants life. to do, I'll, I'll be there. So sounds good. The Pope the, got what he wants. The, yeah, the, the, more the Pope gets what he wants. <laughs> the more Scorsese movies, the better, honestly. He should have been like, hey, can you make Mean Streets 2? <laughs> we get a Goodfellas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can we get Goodfellas 2? <laughs> <laughs> the Pope asked for Goodfellas 2. <laughs> yeah, what, was, what happened to Henry Hill? 
Oh my god. <laughs> the Bob talks don't. like he's from a city. Please don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah guys. What's up with this yo, fucking yo, Bob accent? Yo, Marty, Marty, we really need Goodfellas <laughs> 2 guy. <laughs> I'll say a prayer for you. <laughs> that, was a, that was a good movie news episode. There's yeah. a lot of stuff. Lots of cool stuff. All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Episodes this week, we have a fun one tomorrow. We're going to do zombies versus vampires in film and cinema. We're breaking down our favorite movies from each genre as well as kind of comparing the creatures, how they work well in cinema, how they have their strengths and weaknesses, which work better for plot, for characters, for storytelling, and kind of just examining how they fit in the world of film. It's a good one. I like it. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. It was kind of just an interesting one. And we're leading into October, so we got, we're got we getting some spooky stuff going. And be sure to leave us reviews on Apple and Spotify and all the other platforms as well as if you want to join our Patreon, we have a new review from A Haunting in Venice that came out yesterday. If you want to check that out, it's available on our Patreon Spotify page if you want to give that a listen. And also the best way to help us grow is to share us with your friends and loved ones if they love to hear about movie news and they don't want to scroll through all the websites every Yeah, we, I spent an hour scrolling through them today. There you go. Send them this episode. We appreciate you all so much. See you next time.